really excited about that. This, uh, this uh, month, we're in a series about life groups, and life groups is our church's name for small groups. We're a church of small groups. We gather uh, during three seasons of the year in small groups of maybe six to 12 people to spend time midweek fellowshipping, getting to know each other, getting to know Jesus better, and supporting each other in prayer and um, just a general love and affection for each other. And so this month, we're taking all four weeks to talk about uh, four practices of life groups that we want to embody as a church family in this next life group season, which begins in September. So we're spending this month getting our Pray can grow in experiencing God's power. And we told the story about how Jesus shows up in Capernaum. He's in the synagogue and he speaks with authority. And then he goes to Peter's house and he prays for Peter's mother-in-law. And she's instantly healed. And then that same night, a bunch of people hear about it. And they start coming over to Peter's house. And Jesus is just healing everyone that comes. And so last week, the focus was on praying for people in the power of the Spirit, for prophetic words of encouragement, for healing, for in general prayer needs. And today, we're going to talk some about prayer as well, but focused on groups that pray for and reach the people in our lives that do not know Jesus or are not connected to a group of fellow Jesus followers. And so today, the big idea <clears throat> is that groups that reach look beyond married in our 20s we joined this small group at destiny. <laughs> had been going to church a long time. They had been friends. Up to our group. We didn't even know who, how he heard about it or who invited him, but he showed up. And I think he drove a little bit. And then he shows up again. The small group, kind of that time where you're sort of chatting before everyone leaves. We are so really as dumb as we were. But we and what a hassle it is and how much work it is and how we're just really like our own friends and we're just really rather hang out with It's a little more astute said, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see him again. And we definitely did not because we were rude. 
it was such a fail in being a group that reach, reaches. And so I'm hoping that today um, that none of you are that stupid, and I know you're not, but we're going to talk a little bit more about being. Because during this series, we're kind of studying. To that today. So last week, out to an isolated place. He continued to travel around. Next morning, Jesus went out. To see Jesus engaging in intense people-oriented He's also showing us that Jesus often got up early or stayed up late to be alone with the Father. There's other gospel stories that share this same thing. And if we're going to be part of groups that reach people who don't know Jesus, we're going to have to develop rhythms of being alone with the Father. Not more doing for God, more being with God. That's the place where we come into alignment with God's heart for other people. So Jesus is in solitude, alone, and then we read, the crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. This story is also told in Mark chapter 1. And in that version, it says, Jesus goes off to pray by himself. The disciples find him and say, everyone is looking for you. The people of Capernaum are begging him to stay with them and to not lead, leave them. Maybe they're like, Jesus, you did so good handling all the cancer and leprosy cases last night. Like, wow, well done. But my Aunt Carla, she has halitosis. And my little boy, Johnny, he has three giant warts on his hands. They're so gross, Jesus. I don't even like to hold his hand. Maybe we could focus on that kind of stuff today. And then tomorrow we can work on dandruff and psoriasis. and. benefit them. The first thought message it's good that they're excited on themselves. He was focused on more. Other towns, too, because that's why I was sent. So he continued around to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. 
I want to focus in on the words, I must. Jesus was compelled by the Holy Spirit to carry out his mission. The Spirit drove him along. It gave him focus to not become too comfortable or to get distracted. He couldn't stay in Capernaum because he had to. He must share the good news in other towns too. And last week we talked about prayer. And here's where I want to bring it back in this week. We can ask the Holy Spirit to do a work in us as a group to compel us to pray for people that we know who don't know Jesus or aren't connected to a church family. Last week, we focused on learning to pray for people in the power of the Spirit. But something new we want to introduce in our life groups this year is carving out time in our groups to pray for someone we know who lives right here in town that we interact with regularly, who doesn't know Jesus yet or isn't connected to a church. It's an intentional practice to put our focus beyond our group and on people who we know who don't yet have a life with Jesus or church community. Think about the people in your life that you have like a loose connection with, someone that you see pretty regularly at the gym or the park or somewhere else. And, and when you think about them, it's not exactly like, oh, I must pray for them to be open to the gospel. It's more like, well, I, I guess I probably should be praying for them, but I never really think about it. Listen, you're completely normal. That's fine. But what do we do when we know we should care more about something, but we can't get ourselves to care? Uh, I have a nephew named John Carlos, and he's like a teenager now and too cool for school. But when he was about three years old, he um, had this little catchphrase he made up. Anytime his mom asked him to do something and he didn't really want to do it, like, John Carlos, pick up your matchbox cars. Mom, I can't want that. Or he would, <laughs> or, you know, John Carlos, for the love of God, please eat a slice of apple. The only thing you've eaten all day is bacon. I can't want that. And sometimes we just can't want that. It's okay. But if we don't currently feel compelled, if we can't want to pray for people, then we get intentional. We make ourselves do what we don't feel like doing, and we hold each other accountable to that. When we get intentional as a group to pray by name for specific people to become open to the gospel, we find that our concern for them grows. When we pray for people, we find that love grows in our heart for them. Our desires start to become God's desires. Suddenly, we want to pray for them. We hope we'll run into them this week so we can just keep building a relationship with them and a friendship. In our life groups this year, we're going to pray together for people in our lives who don't know Jesus or aren't in a church family, and we're going to ask the Father to create opportunities for us to build relationship with them. And then eventually the hope would be that you would take an opportunity to invite them to your life group. And this is effective. 80% of life groups that are intentional to pray for and invite people to their groups see at least one person in their group come into relationship with Jesus in an annual life group season. If your group gets intentional, I know that you'll find that when someone you've Because we realize that some people do want an invitation. Some people would like to make new friends and be invited to a weekly gathering. 
And listen, we're such fun people. Who wouldn't want to get to know us? In our life groups this year, let's pray for people and invite them to join us. that we already enjoy and sometimes forget that not everyone else has because groups that reach look beyond the group and that's what Jesus knew when he said I must preach the kingdom of God the good news of the kingdom of God and I want to make a point here that Jesus wasn't gathering a crowd by just hanging out with people and chatting He's got something to say. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And what is the good news of this kingdom? It's that in him, he came to do battle with the forces of evil in our world, what we call Satan, that, that oppress people, that keep them in bondage, that trap people in poverty, and can't get out of. Him in this work of bringing wholeness and flourishing to this world in his name. And if you are sick of being kicked around by what feels like something outside of yourself, something dark and evil that you can't control, today I invite you to put yourself under the authority of Jesus. He came to set you free, to give you his power to change your life. And that's why any of us are here, because Jesus set us free and called us to himself and called us to work for his kingdom. That's why we're a church. That's what we're doing here. We're working for the kingdom that Jesus was announcing that day in Capernaum. News of the kingdom of God in other towns, too, because that's around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. where he's rebuilding a relationship with Peter and Andrew and their friends James and John. They're literally begging him to stay. It would have been easy to just keep hanging out. But he wasn't sent to make a group of friends and just hang. He was sent to call as many people as possible into the kingdom of God. And here's the connection I want to make with us. We can get this way in our life groups because we like them just the way they are. We can get this way in church on Sunday morning. We don't want anything to change. We want this exact group of people because we're finally comfortable with each other and it's easy to be with each other. So we don't have a vision or a desire to be actively inviting new people in. And when we get this way, when we only see our groups as a great place to see our friends midweek, we start to stagnate and we miss God's heart. What we're doing here isn't just about us as friends. or close to each other. And I hope you're trying to do that because that's one of the prior. 
wait for people to come to him to find him. He went to them, and he went to all sorts of people that most people avoid. He was always inviting people to follow him, to join his little ragtag group and be part of what he was doing. So no, he can't just stay in Capernaum. And no, we can't be okay with a life group that never changes or never multiplies, that never has to you know, split up and start a new group because it got too big. Life groups that, that reach look beyond their own group. And that's what Jesus did. He reached beyond his group. And, you know, he brought his original group with him. He had at least four disciples from that town of Capernaum, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And Peter and John became his best friends. He spent more one-on-one time with them than, than all the others. So, yeah, you're going to develop some friendships within your group that are closer than others. And he had lots of other male and female followers that traveled with him as well. The point of our life groups is to build friendships within the church family, but it's not just that. We want to be groups that are intentional to pray for our friends, to pray for our coworkers, our family, our loose acquaintances that haven't yet built a thriving life with Jesus. And we want to be groups that reach out and invite these same people into our groups so they can experience the kingdom of God through us. Life groups have incredible potential. and totally without meaningful relationships. And if they had one person that they trusted and that person invited them to a small gathering and and they went and their experience was really positive, there's a solid chance that at some point they will say yes to life with Jesus and into the family of God. One of our four main focuses this next year for our church is to become more invitational. And life groups are one of the best places to invite people because walking into a church building can be really intimidating. And it feels a lot less intimidating for people to receive a personal invite to a small gathering where there's going to be good snacks and really cool people like us. Life, the past. community usually comes before belief. People often need to meet and get to know and the community you build in life groups is powerful. group and invite other people in. Let's be like Jesus and go beyond our comfortable friend group and invite someone in. If you're here today and you you haven't really decided to 
you can get to know what he's like and make an educated decision. And we have a person in our church family who's working really hard on this already. Steve Larison is a... ...time with inmates, talking to them about hope in Jesus and the ability to recover. And so I'd like to invite Steve up right now. Let's give him a hand. Steve, I'm so proud of you for the ministry that you're doing. And I want to ask you, what are these men learning about God's love? Well, Got to hold it real close to your mouth. One of the guys... Um, his, uh, his girlfriend for four years, um, he was talking to her and that, that he'd been living with for four years. He was talking to her, telling her what he wanted now in life, and she left him. She just said, uh, it ain't going to work. And <clears throat> he was surrounded by 13 other guys that loved him and um, acknowledged the hurt that he was going through and also that he had made the right decision just to, to let it go. Um, and there was, there was another guy that we were, the, the question is it that you have in your life that you're afraid to turn over to God? <clears throat> and we were at all talked about it. He says, at me like and how he could turn live in life to come to church. So if, if one of these men had the courage to walk into branches one Sunday morning after their release, what do they need from us? Community. Hmm. The love that you all show me, the love that you all show each other, they need that same kind of love. They need community. They have a community of 14 guys that they are really close to in prison. Community anymore. They need a, a new community. 
<clears throat> it was that <clears throat> the chances of uh, a person that gets out of prison making it on the outside without going back uh, are cut down by half if they don't get a hold of somebody the very first day when they get out of prison that will show them love and show them community and bring them to community. That's how important community is to them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Appreciate it. Let's give Steve a hand. As I wrap up today, I want to invite you to take your next steps this morning. Next steps are something that we do at the end of our service every week. And what we do is we interact with the orange card that's the information we ask from you. If you want to grab that out of the seat back, that wants to give you beginning a relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit's kind of been highlighting to you to build relationship with. And I, I encourage you to put their name or initials on your next step card and begin praying for them. Spend a minute during our ministry time asking the Father to help you build relationship with them. Or you might write this prayer down. Jesus, give me your heart for people who don't know you. Give me your heart for people who don't know you. Or this prayer, Jesus, give me courage to be an inviter. Give me courage to be an inviter. And maybe your next step looks different, but I just invite you to take some time during the rest of this service to think about what might Jesus in communion. Morning.